Hello, and welcome to the Elevate You podcast, your weekly dose of mindset, personal development, success, business, and all things elevating your life. I am your host, M, a two-time psychology degree graduate, mindset junkie, and business owner, also known as your no BS guide to elevating your mindset and helping you to take bold action towards your dream life. I'm a corporate dropout turned business owner, and I attribute my success to one thing, my mindset. With my unique merging of psychology, mindset, and business strategy, I believe that creating the life you want is all about asking yourself the right questions. And so I am here to help you think deeper and remove your fear so you can go after all the things you want in life. If you're ready to seriously elevate your mindset and transform your life, turn the volume up and let's begin. Hello, thank you all for tuning in. This is my very first podcast episode. I am very excited for this entire new chapter. This is going to be a podcast that just really talks to you about everything to do with mindset, with business, just literally everything. And it kind of comes from my, obviously my background in psychology, my background in working in that field, and pretty much I am just very excited for this podcast to give you all the knowledge that I didn't really have before. I feel like that is exactly what podcasts are for. They are for gaining knowledge and this podcast will be no different. I will be sharing my knowledge about absolutely everything. So I am very excited to dive in. This first episode is going to be all about, well, it's actually going to be my first two episodes are going to be all about my journey This episode is going to be the beginning of my journey and kind of where I came into mindset, how I got into it, what I started doing to get into it, um, what my life was like at that moment and how I kind of transitioned out of a really unhealthy negative mindset into the person that I am now. And so it's going to be heavily focused on that mindset kind of piece, but it's going to link into how I started this business. And then episode two, will really dive into kind of my first year in business, especially exactly how I got to where I am, exactly how I started a business and really going into the nitty gritty. So really giving you guys all of the details that I probably haven't really talked about before, but I think are actually really important when it comes to just being completely transparent and honest about my journey because I never want anyone to, I want people to gain knowledge from what I say, but I never want people to compare themselves to me. And so I think it's really important to be honest about where we've come from and everything that we've done because that is really the only way we can fully understand how someone has gotten to where they are. But I want everyone to know that everyone's life circumstances are so different. The way that this kind of happened for me is not necessarily the way that it has to happen or will happen for you. But I just want to be as honest and transparent and I want to get to know you guys as much as you want to get to know me. So if this episode resonates with you at all, please, please, please send me a DM, a voice note, message, whatever it is. I would love to hear how this resonated and what you kind of took away from this. But Without kind of further ado, let's begin. I haven't really written notes or anything for this episode. It's going to be just what comes from the top of my head, but I'm just going to tell you about my journey. So (laughs) to begin with, I think it's important that I kind of frame the background of where I've come from before I started this business, before I kind of got really heavy into mindset and personal development and coaching and all of that type of stuff. So 
pretty much I went to school. I graduated school. I studied at university. So I initially studied one year of law. Um, and then I really didn't like that. So I gave up on that and I transitioned into a psychology degree. So a bachelor's in psychological sciences. And I spent three years um, studying that degree and completing that degree. And then I got into my honors year. So I studied a, what's it called? It was the equivalent of my honors year. <laughs> It is a graduate diploma in psychology advanced. That is what it is. So yes, that is what I started doing. And I really had a love for people. That is kind of why I went into psychology. I really wanted to understand why people were the way they were, why they make decisions the way they make decisions, what brings someone to do the things that they do. So I used to be really interested in like serial killer documentaries and all of that type of stuff. And that was why I thought I wanted to go into law. I thought I, that was kind of what I wanted to explore. But really what I wanted to understand was why people do the things that they do. What brings them to that? And so studying psychology for those four years was actually just really enlightening. It was a lot more statistics than I thought it would be, but learning the theory behind why people are the way they are, what other reasons behind why someone might act the way that they do or be experiencing feelings the way that they are, I thought was really interesting and has been so helpful every day since learning that information. And so I thought that I would go on to become a clinical psychologist. So I thought I would go and study my master's or my doctorate, PhD, but I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do yet. And it was a very big road to then go and study. It was, I think, another two or three years, and then I would be able to start working. So I took a break after I did my honors year and I started working mostly in like, it was kind of more social work, case management, all of that type of stuff. But I worked in the justice system with young people who were involved in the justice system. And it was very eye-opening. It taught me so, so, so much, especially like around like using some of my psychology degree, like whether it's cognitive behavioral therapy, motivational interviewing, just so many different things and theories I was able to take out of my psychology degree and place into that workplace and really gain that life experience in doing so. But to be honest, it wasn't the right job for me and it was a very emotionally taxing job. So very quickly I became like very emotionally burdened. I probably didn't really have the resources that I needed at the time to take care of myself. And I found myself very burnt out and very emotionally exhausted and honestly, emotionally traumatized at some points. So in my workplace, I would be dealing, obviously I would be in the court system. I would often be on the stand um, as a witness. I would be working with these young people. So hand in hand, I would pretty much have a caseload of these young people. And it was beautiful. I met so many amazing young people and it felt amazing to help to, I guess, shift their lives. But at the end of the day, it was a very overworked system. And yeah, I didn't have the right supports in place. And it led me to being that emotionally exhausted, burning out. I was honestly, <laughs> I was seeing two psychologists 
a workplace one and a personal one. And I was on um, anti-anxiety and anti-depression medication. I was having chronic women's health issues. Like it was impacting my entire life. And if anyone knows me, they know I'm an overachiever. So even though it was a really chaotic workplace, I was very good at my job and I was promoted very quickly. So I went from um, just being it, it being my first job at a low pay rate to within a couple months going permanent. And then within another couple months, um, moving up to an advanced level with another pay rise. And then I also spent time team leading as well. So I was only there for two years and I think I had something like three or more promotions and more more pay rises than that, probably four or five pay rises. And so I grew really quickly. I was earning great money. Like on the outside, it looked like such an amazing, I guess, opportunity to be, I don't know, I think I was 22 at the time and earning like 90 plus thousand dollars a year. But it was coming at a really big cost. And as much as I wanted it to work because Everyone else was like, wow, you earn so much money. Like I felt like I had financial freedom in some aspects. I actually didn't have any freedom. My life was my work. I would work from probably like 7.30, 8 a.m. till probably about 7 p.m. at nighttime. Like my work would come home with me a lot of the time and it was just super unhealthy. So you, you can kind of get a picture that my whole body was deteriorating on me. My mind was deteriorating on me. And I just got to a point where I cracked, like I completely cracked, you know, COVID started and we all had to start working from home, which was a really big shift in my career because in my job, we would be out all day long. Like we would be doing a million different things. We would be in the office for two hours and then out seeing someone for two hours and then at court for two hours and driving for two hours, like going to prison for two hours. Like it was wild. And then COVID kind of forced us to slow down and I had to work from home um, pretty much every day. I got to go into the office once a fortnight, but it was kind of a really important time for me to, I guess, sit and think about what it was that I really wanted. And so another part of this was about one year into that job, um, my partner and I were going to move to London. So I had plans to quit after an, a year of working there. And then COVID hit about a month before we were going to leave to move to London. And so we couldn't go, <laughs> which was very sad. But it kind of opened my eyes to, I think I stayed in that career another six months and then I started to be like, oh no, you know, I'd been on antidepressants for a while. I was seeing the psychologist and as much as that was helping, like, you know, seeing the psychologist and doing all of that stuff, um, I didn't want to be on antidepressants and I wanted to fix the root issue. Like the root issue was my workplace and also me not having boundaries with my workplace, me also not wanting to take the risk towards doing something that was going to fulfill me more. And so I really started to take my health more seriously. And by that time, I had already started seeing the psychologists and stuff like that, but I actually started to really invest my time and my money into seeing doctors, seeing naturopaths, you know, and really getting to the cause of why I was having so many of these issues. And 
the general consensus of all of that was really coming down to my stress levels. Like I had never experienced any of these things I was experiencing. I had a history of depression and anxiety, but that was more in school. Um, and I hadn't had any issues with it since that time. So for it to be coming up again and for me to be also having a lot of physical health issues, I really started to take that a lot more seriously. There was a time where I just wasn't taking it seriously. I would just take medication to try to make it better, but it always kept coming back. And so it kind of came down to the fact that I was living such a hectic and stressful lifestyle and that was no longer feasible for me. Like that was not something that I was going to be able to continue. And despite all of the success, the money, all of that type of stuff, I was so severely unhappy. And so I needed to make change within my life. I pretty much just started with little things. I started to recognize how detrimental it was to not have boundaries at work. And so I started to stand up for myself a little bit more at work and I would never take my laptop home with me. I would only get to work at 9 a.m. and I would finish right on 5 p.m. no matter what I had to do because it was not my problem that they were understaffed and that because of that, they were overwhelming me with work. Like that's not my responsibility to take on, you know, a job that is meant for two to three people. And so I really drew my boundaries around like, you know, if these are the priorities of the things you want me to do, I will do them in order of priority. But if I don't get them done, that's not my responsibility because you are overwhelming me with work. I am taking on, you know, two to three um, staff members worth of work. And so I set those boundaries initially and they were the most important thing, you know, that I did. If I didn't have those boundaries, I wouldn't have had time to put in place some really healthy, like, um, tools and mechanisms that were going to kind of propel me even more into taking care of myself. So setting those boundaries was the first thing I did standing up for myself in the workplace. Like I remember I set up meetings with my team leader, my team manager, even the regional manager at some points, because I was so fed up of being overworked and being expected to do a million different things when it just wasn't feasible within the nine to five framework. And I wasn't getting paid overtime. Like it, it just wasn't okay that I was doing that. And I was doing that at the detriment of my, not even just my mental health, but also my physical health. Like the stress and everything was having such a physical impact on my body that I couldn't let it keep going the way that it was. And so I would also like whenever I was like needing rest, I was needing to either like my mental health was really bad or like physically something was wrong in my body. Instead of just being like, no, I'll work through it. Like it's COVID. I can work from home. I was like, no, like I am taking time off. So I made sure that if I was having like, there is nothing wrong with taking time off. I used to think there would be and that, you know, people would fire me if I took time off. But there was a time I remember where I took a full week. It might even have been two weeks off of work because of my mental health. And I went to doctors, I went to psychologists and they were all like, yes, you need, like they wrote the notes, they wrote everything. They were like, you need this time off, you need to take it off. And for so long I ignored them, but it just got to breaking point and I took that time off and it was the best thing that I ever did because it helped me to come back to myself, to like reset and relax and actually spend some time thinking like, what is it that I actually want? 
because I was so busy in my job, I just never actually took time to sit there and think, what is it that I actually want out of life, out of a job? You know, I might be earning all of this money, but I'm so unhappy and so stressed and so unfulfilled that even if I'm going out and spending money and going for dinners and like going to festivals and like doing all this stuff, I'm so tired that I actually don't enjoy it as much as I want to. Or it's the other end of the spectrum where I'm like, I'm so tired that I can't even be bothered going anymore. I think sometimes we also forget that our workplace is where we spend a lot of time. And so, you know, there are phases and times in your life where you can have a job that you're not completely fulfilled by. um, And that's totally fine. And, you know, I had a life where I had amazing friends outside of work. I was always doing incredible things. I was going to festivals. I was traveling. um, I was going for dinners, like doing all the things that you would want to do when you have money coming in and you're financially free and all of that stuff. But because my workplace took so much of my time and, you know, any kind of normal workplace, if you're kind of full time, takes up a lot of your time because I was so unhappy in that, so unfulfilled, like it was causing me so much stress. It was impacting everything outside of my workplace. So even if I might've had a good experience going to a festival, seeing friends for dinner, whatever it was, I always had this overwhelming sense of doom on top of me regarding my workplace because I knew I would be going back You know, and even when I took those two weeks off of work, I still in the last week had this overwhelming doom of like, I still have to go back. Like, I still have to go back to this job. And that was just a massive sign that it wasn't the right thing for me. And I think that's also where I decided that for me personally, I need to have a job that I am completely fulfilled by and that I'm passionate about and that I love being in. And so, yeah. Setting those boundaries, standing up for myself was extremely important. Um, Making sure I reached out for help as well. So contacting like the workplace psychologists and having appointments with them was really important because they were, I guess, kind of responsible for not sugarcoating it and not like they were not directly um, speaking with my employer it was more about just me and what can change in my workplace um and with my permission they were allowed to talk to my employer about things that needed to change in order to sustain you know my mental health and stuff like that but honestly i probably left it too far because there was nothing i could come back from you know i couldn't come back from how badly burnt out i was and even at points my psychologists and stuff agreed that i needed to find either a different job in the same, like, same sector or just an entirely different job completely. So, yeah, reaching out for help. And, you know, I also had a second psychologist that was more for me personally. And I would talk to them about work, but I would also talk to them more about, like, you know, what it was that I truly wanted, how to kind of go after my goals And kind of why I was feeling not so confident, you know, talking about my insecurities, all of that type of stuff. So having that type of help was extremely, you know, important. I know how much money it can cost when you (laughs) have to go to see a psychologist, but it was one of the best things that I could have done. And if you can't seek help from, you know, a psychologist, it can be around just making sure that you reach out to friends. Like I had colleagues that I would make sure I would speak to all the time. And this was before I was seeing psychologists, 
And they were just so great because we all kind of knew what each other was going through. And so it was nice to have someone to speak to who really understood what was going on. So just reaching out to your kind of support network and finding, you know, people who can kind of listen to you and and speak to you through that period of your life. But after that, I think the most the biggest things was now that I had more time for myself, I kind of created a bit more of a routine. So instead of like waking up five minutes before I meant to jump to work or into a meeting or something like that, I actually started to create more of a morning schedule in terms of I would wake up at the same time every day and I would go to sleep at the same time every day. So making sure that I get my eight plus hours of sleep, making sure I'm waking up and doing something that's good for me before work, like actually taking back my life in the mornings and at night, because for so long I didn't have a life outside of work. I was just continuing to work early in the morning and late at night. So making sure I had time and like taking back my time, taking back my life by doing things that I enjoyed in the morning and after work. So I would wake up during COVID, me and some of my colleagues, we would do a Zoom call in the morning and we would all work out together, even if it was just like 20 minutes or it could be longer, whatever. And then I got into meditating and journaling, which was something that my psychologist had been recommending for a long time. I remember her saying like, it would be great for you to journal and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, not this again. Like, you know, when I was much younger, I'd seen a psychologist and they're like, you should journal every day. And I was like, oh, that sounds hectic. Like that sounds gross. Um, but I actually started doing it. I bought myself a nice journal. I signed up for a meditation app and I started to do it. And it was so simple at the beginning. I would wake up at the same time every morning, which was pretty early. It was like 6.30 or 7. And I was used to waking up like at like 8.45. And I would literally just do a five minute meditation and then like a five minute journal, which was just like, what are you grateful for? How do you want to feel today? You know, just those simple kind of questions. And just doing that, like just establishing that habit every single day of those like three things, which was waking up at the same time, meditation, journaling, and also like if you can, bringing in some movement. It doesn't have to be every day, but those things, honestly, I credit to changing my life. Like, They just enabled me to explore who I was so much more like in the mornings instead of just like waking up and going straight to work. I actually had time to sit down, do things that I enjoy. Like I got to re-explore hobbies and things that I enjoy. And I kind of started by reflecting on hobbies that I really enjoyed as a child. So I actually started by getting back into horse riding, painting, and I guess COVID was kind of helpful for this too, because we didn't have much else to do where I lived. We were very locked down. I, yeah, just took up so many more hobbies. I learned how to knit. I learned how to make candles, like (laughs) just all of this random stuff. And like my journaling habits started to make me recognize that like there was so much more to life. There was so much more that I wanted to feel every day that, you know, the job I was in wasn't allowing me to feel. And so I kind of started looking at, you know, what else it might be that I wanted to do. I started to get interested in, you know, working for myself. I started investing time into reading or like listening to audiobooks around money. So 
I started reading um, The Barefoot Investor. If you are Australian, then you might know that name. <laughs> but it's such a good introductory book to just budgeting, investing, how to handle your money. And then I listened to the audiobook Rich Dad Poor Dad, and that just honestly transformed my life. Um, and it made me realize how much I really did want to start working for myself. And so all of like just taking back my time really opened up so many doors. I remember I started to like I invested in like masterclasses, a couple of masterclasses around one was around like virtual assisting and another one was just around like your higher self and becoming your higher self. And it was kind of my first introduction into the online world and into working for yourself and also into the more mindset space. Like I know, you know, for so long I, I had, you know, studied psychology for years. I had written a thesis, like I had done so much, but the clinical psychology aspect didn't really hit home with me anymore, especially after my work. It just, I always thought maybe I'll go study my clinical psychology, but it just didn't hit it for me anymore. Like I, I didn't want that clinical aspect to my work where I had to be diagnosing people and I had to be so strict onto a kind of diagnostic criteria. I think those definitely have their time and place um, when you're dealing with significant mental health issues um, and chronic mental health issues, but it wasn't really my passion. You know, I always envisioned myself doing something maybe a bit more holistic. And I remember seeing psychologists and just always asking, like, how do I achieve my goals? Like, all I want to know is number one, how to be confident, and number two, how to achieve my goals. And I felt like every time, I went to my psychologist, my clinical psychologist. Um, I never got those answers. Like it was more focused on my mood and, you know, my anxiety, my depression, stuff like that. Um, But when that stuff was a lot better, it was almost like, okay, there's nothing really else left. And, you know, maybe I just didn't have the right psychologist at the time, but I really was looking for something a bit more holistic. And I think that's where personal development and kind of mindset work came in for me. And that's where I started exploring things like, you know, in psychology, like I've always known about, you know, childhood and the subconscious mind and how, you know, what happened when you were a child, like, you know, lives on in your brain, in your beliefs, in your values, and those therefore influence your thoughts and your behaviors and your feelings. And so I've always known how to do shadow work and inner child work, but it's just not something I ever prioritized and not something really that my kind of any psychologist that I've personally had has ever really prioritized. I know there are some out there that do prioritize that work, Um, but I just started to become more invested in Like, why am I the way that I am? Why do I have such low confidence in certain areas? Like if I want to go start a business or work for myself, why am I so scared to do that? Um, Even if I want to change career, like why am I so scared to do that? And so I started to delve more into that world. And around that time, um, during COVID, my partner didn't have his job. He'd quit his job for when we moved to London. Um... And unfortunately, they couldn't take him back because they were making everybody else redundant. Um, So he was applying for jobs 
anywhere else within Australia because we still wanted to travel. We wanted to live somewhere else and have that experience. It wasn't going to be London, but it could be somewhere else in Australia. So he started to apply for jobs elsewhere. And I think after, so it was probably another 10 months that I stayed in my career once COVID hit. And during that time, I actually started looking for other jobs and I had a few interviews, you know, some of them didn't come to fruition and I was getting really frustrated because I knew that this probably wasn't the role that I wanted to do for the rest of my life, but I still knew I needed to save up money in order to eventually be able to move. So throughout that whole time, I was making the effort to look for new jobs. It was so hard because I was so just always stressed and overwhelmed by my work that I felt I had no time to look for other jobs. But because I'd set boundaries and brought in these new practices into my life, I actually created more time for me to be able to do those things. And so I did end up getting a new job. It was for the same employer, but I was at an office in the West of where I lived and I got a job in an office in the East. So I completely moved teams, everything like that. And oh my God, like it was so much better. I was only in that job for a month before I actually quit because my partner got a job. Um, And it was just so much better. Like it was so much quieter. I was not overworked. Like it was great, but it was actually a really great insight into even though it was quieter, I knew from the first week that I started it, I was like, this is not meant for me. This is not the job I'm meant to be doing. And I know that now moving forward, I need to find something completely new, like a completely new career. And so my partner got a job in where we currently live, Sunshine Coast in Queensland. And so as soon as he got the job, (laughs) literally that day, I quit my job. Um, I had saved up a lot of money to move to London and I bought a new car with that money. Um, But I'd also been saving up even after that for me knowing that I wanted to move. And so some people might think, oh, like that was a really rash decision. You guys moving. And like I quit my job and we moved two weeks later. Like I gave my two weeks notice the minute that he said, yep, they've offered me the job. And then we packed up and on actually we moved one week later because he started his job in two weeks. So we moved one week later and yeah, some people might've seen that as rash, but to be completely transparent about like me and how I made that work, I had saved up a lot of money prior to like the actual date that we moved. I always knew we were going to be moving. And so When I knew we were staying within Australia, I bought a car, which took out a lot of, I bought it outright. So it took out a a big chunk of that money. But as soon as I had that car, which was around, I think, November, I then spent November, December, January and February saving up my entire paycheck to go towards moving. And I also got a very big annual leave payout. So I think I had somewhere between 15 to 20,000 Australian dollars saved for when we moved. And when we moved, like we didn't have any furniture. Like I lived at home, my partner had been living at home. And so when we arrived here, like we knew that obviously we're going to have to be paying rent straight away. We're going to have to pay for a bond for a a home and we're going to have to pay for every single bit of furniture (laughs) because we didn't have any. And so I knew that. And 
I also knew that by quitting my job and not having one lined up, um, I wanted enough money that I could, you know, furnish the home, pay for my rent for a good six months without having to make money because I needed to take time off after the job I just had. And I think that's something that a lot of people might not think about is a lot of people, you know, I was fortunate I'd saved up the money to be able to do that and fortunate enough that I was able to save money. But a lot of people think like, no, I've got to jump straight into another job. I just like knew that I needed the time off a to kind of recover from the burnout and honestly the trauma that kind of the emotional trauma that came with my job. And I also needed to like have the time to figure out what it was that I wanted to do. I had no idea what I wanted to do and I needed some time to just come back to myself, figure out what it was like what are the things that I even like to do? What are my possible like different careers? What do I want to go back and study? Do I want to start a business? Do I want to just go and get a full-time job or a part-time job? Like I really didn't know what it was that I wanted to do. And so we moved here and I ended up taking, I took about six months off working, five or six months, and I made zero income. Um, actually apart from, I did work in a boutique, my, um, partner's friend's wife owned a boutique here and she was looking for someone just like once every fortnight. And so I worked once every fortnight in a boutique to make a tiny bit of money. (laughs) And so that like, you know, helped to pay for groceries and stuff like that. But I pretty much worked for six months. Uh, I didn't work for six months, sorry, and just lived. And it sounds crazy, but I just started to find new hobbies and new things I wanted to do. And I started to test things out. I started to learn more. I spent so much of my time researching things online, how to do certain things, how to start businesses. Like I just consumed all of the information. And I also really heavily lent into like personal development and just doing a lot of like shadow work on myself in a child healing and goal setting and just kind of discovering what my blocks were towards achieving my goals. And it was such an enlightening, enlightening period in my life. Um, and if I hadn't have had that time to myself, I don't think I would be where I am today. I don't think I would have started my social media. Um, And I definitely don't think I would have this business full time either. So it was really necessary for me to take that time off. So if you are someone who has ever thought about taking time off working, I would highly encourage it, you know, plan for it, make sure that you're able to do it. Um, But if you feel like you need that, I I would 100% recommend it. But that is pretty much what I did in terms of my mindset journey. But in the next episode, I'm going to continue on from exactly where I just left off and talk to you about exactly how I started my business, just everything that went into it. What was the timeline like? How did it work for me? Social media, like all of the different things to starting my business and even like kind of some of the lessons I've learned perhaps, um, in starting my business, I'm only a year and not even a year and a half in at this point, but I've been full-time that whole time. So I will talk you through everything to do with my 
business journey and starting my business. But that is all for today. Thank you so much for listening in. I am so happy to have started this podcast. If I do end up releasing this podcast, I have not stopped talking the minute that I press record, which is really surprising because usually I plan out everything that I say. And so if you are still listening at this point and you have enjoyed it, yay, (laughs) because I don't even know if I will upload this one. But if I have uploaded this one, I hope you have enjoyed it. Thank you so much. And I hope you have the most special week in the entire world. I will speak to you soon. Bye. If you are wanting to dive even deeper into your mindset and personal development journey, check out my mindset membership, Elevate You. In this monthly membership, you get access to my signature self-study mindset course, an entire journaling and meditation library, and monthly group calls and masterclasses. I created this membership because I was so tired of seeing how inaccessible personal development, mindset, healing, and growth was becoming. Healing and growth is a lifelong journey, and so it made sense to create an accessible all-in-one platform. You can have all the information and tools that you need in one place for the rest of your life. There's also the option for additional one-to-one support through the VIP and elite levels. However, these spaces are highly limited. The link will be in the show notes for you to check it out. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Elevate You podcast. If you loved what you heard, make sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes. Want more of this in your life? Follow me on socials at Elevated by M. I absolutely love connecting with you, so make sure to send me a DM or tag me in a screenshot of this episode. I'm so happy you're here and I can't wait to connect with you on the next episode.